Hi, and welcome to Patrice's Playlist. I'm Patrice, and I am so glad that you're here with me for this conversation. This is a very special one. So back in season one, I happened to have the pleasure of interviewing or having a conversation with an ex-pro hockey player turned oil painter who was also a serious Jesus lover and his name is Mike Wills and again season one was just one big experiment Um, it was birthed during the whole quarantine situation of 2020 and we started to go really deep really fast with Mike he was super honest and vulnerable I was doing those interviews or that particular conversation live on Facebook and on Instagram and there was a lot going on and I wanted to have a chance to go just a little bit deeper with Mike and for him to continue the conversation that was started back in season one. And so for me, what you might not know about me, I love setting up surprises for friends. And so I wanted this conversation to be a fun, sweet surprise for Mike, not just going in to do another take of the same interview, the same conversation. So I surprise him with a special guest in the middle of this conversation. And you can hear the genuine surprise and excitement, which makes me smile every time I hear this. And so I hope you enjoy getting to know oil painter Mike Wills and also our special guest, which I'll talk about at the end of this conversation. So enjoy my conversation with Mike Wills. Choice. Do you want to start with uh, the game first? I have a little game for you. Or do you want to just go straight into? And the game is really not a game because it's still a conversation yeah. situation. But um, Let's do it, yeah. you want to do the game first? Let's do it. And then we'll roll into some other stuff. Okay. Stuff. So yeah. I've been obsessed with uh, this brand. It's called Vertelli's. They're uh, this game that is basically to provoke thoughtful questions. And okay. it's also my cheat sheet for all these yeah. interviews as well. Awesome. <laughs> and so awesome. I've been, uh, I've been basically stalking them um, on Instagram for like the past year and a half. Yeah. They were like a Kickstarter and yeah. then like became successful. And now everyone and their mom has this game. So anyway, um, usually you play this, you can play this with like two people or a group of people, what have you. Um, and we're not going to do like all the, the special rules or whatever for it, but basically I'm just going to ask you like right or left, if you want the question that's in my right or my left hand, and then we're going to go from there. Okay. So I'm just going to mix these up. All right. And when I'm mixing Here them. We go. Okay. All right. So, all right. So, um, my right, my right or my left. Uh, I'll go right this time. Okay. Um, well done. Off the bat. So, <laughs> this question says, who has inspired you the most? Oh. Um, geez, I'd, there's there's like a number of people on the top of my head. Uh, but I'd have to say like everyone kind of goes with their father and, and like he's, he's definitely like my inspiration. Uh, I think because just because I've seen it on a daily basis with him. Oh, okay. Um, you know, that, that man has worked so hard to just, you know, come like, just, uh, I can't even describe it. Like he's, he's just a man that is just so humble and doesn't want for anything. And he's just inspirational to me because most of the world wants something and he has no desires but he's his desires to help others. Like he'll just give you your shirt off his back kind of thing. And so I try to strive to be like him in my, my own skill set because he's got his own custom stairs and railings. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's very yeah. cool. So he works with wood and he's, he's like a 3d artist almost like a sculptor that way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but more, and then I'm the painter, but he's, he's an inspirational person to look up to just cause he's been, he's, I've, I've never met a man that has just worked his butt off really? just, just to get by, you know, like it's, it's so cool. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Right or left? A little left this time. Yeah. Uh, this is what was one of your most exciting experiences? One of your most exciting or exhilarating experiences um, they want to keep this one to like the past year, I guess. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. So. Um, 
Well, definitely past year, 2020 would be Paris. So, but, <gasps> yeah, uh, tell us about Paris. Yeah. Wow, it was so amazing. I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to um, take the painting actually behind me, as you can see. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I got to take that to um, called our capital in, in Paris and uh, got to exhibit it for five days in the huge Grand Palais. Um, and it was. Yeah. What's that? Just an ex- such an experience to have one of your paintings in one of the old, like, master's exhibitions. Yeah. Oldest running one, you know? It's been, like, 100 years. Like, it's, yeah, 100, maybe, like, more than that, yeah. How does someone, like, how did you even get into that? Like, what's the process for someone to do um, Yeah, I, um, I signed with um, the art agent that I am with now. Oh. And she was, like, we're going to go on these trips. We're going to do all these exhibitions. And one of them was Paris. And so I was just like ecstatic because that's always where I wanted to go and see all the masters and painting. stuff like yeah. that. So yeah, I got to, got to experience it. And I actually have a couple books here. Um, they gave me, so it's like, yeah, art capital. Oh, nice. Yeah. So there's like the salon. Yes. Yeah, just for watercolor, and you get to see all the all the artists are in there that, oh my uh, gosh. that you know exhibited. And is that yeah. for each year? Is that like for each year that they have it, or is that like a yeah. every year they give out these magazines and like my oh paintings gosh. in there? And <gasps> yeah, it's pretty cool. Like it's it's kind of like memorable, you know. Like it's just such an experience to have. <laughs> you oh know, you my got gosh. your whole paintings. Yeah. So it was, it was a tough, tough season of like the third year of a business and nothing was really going right. And, yeah. and then that came along and he hasn't like, as a business person, you're an entrepreneur, you're always like grinding it out in the Valley. And then that's that one, like, yeah exactly yeah I don't know if you've seen that like uh illustration of like there's different versions of it mm-hmm. of like what success looks like and so you just see basically like an iceberg on top but then it's like and it shows like underneath that you don't see like the hard work the tears yeah. the crying the you know peak. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Top. And so what made you, I mean, I know we talked about this a little bit in our other conversation, but like you are a legit oil painter and you're a legit like entrepreneur. And how long have you been that now? Because I'm only in my third year of being an entrepreneur because I was a freelancer in okay. TV production. I still am. Yeah. Boring. My whole industry doesn't completely shut down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but like, yeah, how long have you been into like in it, and like what's kind of been your your journey? Um, I'd always kind of going back to the first question. It was like it was always inspiring to see my dad being an entrepreneur because he's his oh own, okay, right? So he owns his own stair business. So okay. I just grew up in that sense. Okay, and then when I was sixteen, I was selling at like outdoor festivals, right, and doing all those Wait, at what festivals? At what like, outdoor art festivals? Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, stuff like that where. Yeah people are that are in their thirties or forties or fifties that are doing that now for art. And I was doing it when I was 16. So I got to learn firsthand all the experience at first. Then when I went to college, I developed my skill that much more. Okay. So I had the ability to sell as an entrepreneur at a young age and learn the tricks and the tips, like how to sell. And then develop my skill a bit more and then go into after hockey professionally into this like so I had kind of since I was 16 kind of developing all these skill sets and different things and then jumping into it like it's been four years now since 2017 2016 so yeah it's um third year is always the hardest um that's what they say in any business and it was true um but now it's my fourth year in 2020. So yeah. And you're still trucking. You're still, still trucking. trucking. Yeah. Still trying to find a way to get to do this grind in full time. Like it's still a full time gig. It's just like, it's how do how do you make it like just your soul, like work that you do. Right. So. 
Yeah, because I, I mean, the grind never stops. That's what I'm saying. I was just like, yeah. for most entrepreneurs that I know and that I'm around, and including myself, like I've had to really create healthy rhythms in my life because I can. I'm sort of a workaholic anyway, and yeah. so I've had to just learn yeah. to like. Number one, I have to take a Sabbath. Like I have to take a twenty. Like for me, a twenty-four hour period where it's like no work, no emails, you know, no nothing. Um, because if not for an entrepreneur, like we all know it's, you're working 24 seven. It's not like you're clocking in at 8am and then you're done. Like, and all for, for me, I don't know about you. Like I'm a night owl. And so for me, most of my inspiration comes like after midnight or 1am, which is really annoying because my body feels better when I go to bed before midnight, but all of my creative juices start flowing. Are you the same way or do you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, when I like hit my puberty at like 13 or whatever it was and I couldn't sleep for the life of me and I would just paint at night because I was like, I'm sick of watching TV. Like I might as well just be this like night painter and I would just paint all throughout the night and then sluggishly go to high school or do whatever, right? As a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm I'm still like the same way. Like I'm just, I'm up at like 2.30 till like more like four, you know, like it's the creative people have that. Like as soon as it hits 10 o'clock after 10 o'clock, your juices are just going. You know? I mean, apparently I've been told by my mother, I've been like this since I was a, a baby. Apparently yeah. like, I did not want yeah. to, like, I just was like, I don't want to miss anything. Like also like it was very bizarre, yeah. but yeah, I find that with a lot of creative people. Um, I'm curious, like this is one of now I'll, I'll transition, I guess, into my other mm-hmm. curious questions that I had for you. Um, yeah. Like, what are the similarities between being an athlete, because you were a pro hockey player before you became a professional um, oil painter, but what are some of the similarities um, between being an athlete and being a painter? Or I could even go to say maybe like being an entrepreneur, if there's... Yeah, Yeah, all all three. And it it actually comes down to like hard work. Like it's, I know like you always hear those inspirational speeches or things on YouTube or people say that, but it actually Mm -hmm. does come down to how much do you want it? And it, mm. whether it's hockey, music, art, theater, any entrepreneur business, right? Like it comes down to how bad do you want it? And there's times where it would just be me on the ice till like one o'clock in the morning, skating, focusing on drills and practicing like, just shooting in areas. So you have that uh, muscle memory and that memorization. So when you get in gameplay, you, when you have it in that area, you just fire it off. You already know where it's going. Okay. Right. And then it's just repetition and just putting in the work. Same with art. It's just figuring out what, what, how light do you press the brush on the canvas? How heavy do you press it? Like how fast, like it's just muscle memory that way. So Mm-hmm. And they're both kinetic, right? So like it's all hand eye. So it's just both of them kind of you visualize it and then you see it in your brain, like you kind of fix, you know, see it in your brain and then it comes out in your hands, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's that's just anything. It's true. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because I was thinking about too, like doing this is not maybe a similarity between being an athlete and an artist, but I find like in being an entrepreneur, doing the little things consistently, kind of like you were talking about your drills, um, you know, doing that consistently, because I think, again, we always think of like the overnight success, which we talked about before. There's like no such thing. Um, And I find it's like in the, what's part of the grind is doing those little things consistently, um, whether that's like posting on Instagram or whether that is engaging with your audience or whether that is creating content um, you know, painting. And so, yeah, I, cause I, I love the way that you bridge this whole idea or not the idea you are this person of like the athlete with, you know, the artist with the painter. And I think, you know, that is very like, that yeah. makes you very unique in that way. But like, I don't know, there's just, there's such a beautiful, I don't know. It makes sense. It just makes yeah. sense. It, me. Yeah. It's, it's, opposite ends of the spectrum but they correlate within one another and it's 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 really cool to see because then it it gives you like an outlier perspective of like wow he was 
that good good at something but still has another skill level and it's not just one dimensional where he's not just like a like you stereotype as like oh he's a dumb jock no he's got something else to him right it's kind of like that and and I wanted to kind of integrate both in my branding how like yeah. there's an athletic perspective yeah kind of, because it's so masculine how I yeah. paint but it's still like art yeah so yeah oh, absolutely um we're gonna go a little deep I did get some, okay. I did some questions you know for you because yeah. a lot of people really enjoyed our last conversation um mm-hmm. and we're, and we're really kind and you were just yeah. I mean you were just really open and honest and like just shared a lot of your journey and we kind of get to see, I mean, I follow you, you know, this on Instagram and and on Facebook and you kind of let us in on your process and, and it's, it's raw and it's real and, and okay, this is not the direction I was going to go into whatever. Um, but I want to know like, like your, your last post on Instagram, which was like, it felt very meta. Like it just felt like there was a lot of, like it was like really, and I was just like, well, okay, Mike, what's what's going on? Like what's going on? (laughs) But I want to hear from you, like what your process is because I honor the process and I want to kind of know like where your headspace is in this season. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Just it, I actually kind of have a cool like process going on of like, I'm only going to show you like a little bit right now. And now that COVID is kind of like isolating and things are happening. Like I want to stay kind of silent and through social media because I haven't posted in a while, but I want to come out with a bang. And as soon as I'm done this painting, like it's so close to being done that like, then I'll show it and then I'll just, you know, explosion again back to social media. But right now I wanted to kind of just quiet everything and then kind of go well what's Mike up to like what's he doing you know where is he yeah so even though I'm in the silent of working hard it's not like I'm not there I'm just you know sometimes you need your peace and quiet from it too right and to get your mental headspace right and and because social media does take like a uh not like a ego uh booster like a like a it takes a lot out of out of me because it's always personable. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because it's, yes, you're showing your face multiple times over and over again. And you're trying yeah. to make the best picture like a model. Yeah. There's no substance to that. So I'd rather show like, yeah, there's a process to my art, but also there is me in the picture and mm-hmm. then an actual good caption or something funny. Like, doesn't have to be just like glamour shots all the time and I don't want that yeah and but people like that it's just the world right and I know they respond to that for sure yeah. but I want to yeah. know like I want to I want to get some of the inside yeah. of like what's been your process which kind of connects with somebody who wanted to ask like during this long season I'm just reading this right now by the way yeah. uh during this long season of quarantine um many of us have had to deal with the same issues um like anxiety loneliness lack of meaning um what has been the biggest interior like your inside hurdle for you to deal with in this season and how have you dealt with it yeah trying to get it all all in your business um definitely the loneliness factor Mm -hmm. has been very difficult i think are you an extrovert do you like like i'm a bit of both so depends of what my mood or energy level is. I need to get out and be extroverted. And okay. I think that's the athlete in me. And then I have the introvert of like the artist, like I need my time alone. Yeah. Um, so I've been like trying to hang out with friends here and there slowly. Yeah. Um, only like limiting my, like to one friend or whatever, one or two friends, not like the yeah. whole bunch. Yeah. Um, but it's, but for me, painting wise, it was like, I'm going to enjoy this time because the whole world or everyone's on a hold right now and in a freeze. Mm -hmm. And I thought I could do the same with art where it's not just pumping out a painting 
every day or each week and go and look what I have on social media or like to show everybody. Mm-hmm. I wanted to show like the process in, in slow and kind of savor the moment of this piece that I'm working on and really connect with it and actually find the love of painting again. Cause sometimes you lose it yeah. and it's like, it becomes a job and you don't want it to, you want it to still be your love. Mm-hmm. So like I put no limitations on myself to paint. Um, so if I don't feel like painting, I don't have to, mm-hmm. there's no pressure. Like I always put pressure on myself to perform. And I think that has been in this isolation time, something that I'm trying to conquer is stop performing for others and stop performing to produce. So I wanted to kind of just not perform for myself. And if it doesn't happen that night, it doesn't happen. So how does it, how does that work though? You know, like to not perform, but what you do is kind of a visual art. So you yeah. are kind of performing. Like, performing, how, yeah. Yeah, so how did, like... I think I wanted to have fun with it again. I think sometimes it, it, I become too serious in it. So, like, um, for instance, like, there's times where I just say to, uh, you know, myself, like, I'm just going to throw on some music and sing and dance and just start painting and, and find the love of it again. And whatever happens with that, like, it happens. And if it's only one hour, it's fine. If it's four or five, then cool. But I, you know, try to find like a peaceful inner happiness to let go into a painting and and get in the zone that way. Only when the mood has stricken me. So it's like, if it's not there, you'll ruin or kibosh the painting. So you don't want to touch it. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like, all right, like get out of the house, go kick a ball around or sure. You know, go listen to some music outside and you by yourself in this time. And you know, whatever happens, it happens. But yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel like your relationship with God has been in the midst of this? Oh, (laughs) definitely a fun ride. uh, I'd say it's been, it's been challenging. Um, I think for many people it's been challenging because the extroverts are isolated and they're like, why God are you doing this? (laughs) Um, I'm living my best life just because I'm an extrovert. So I'm great. By the way, in case you're wondering, I'm doing great. Awesome. Yeah. See, I'm very introverted too and I need my time. Yeah. Myself. And so I think this time being silent, like it feels like our world is in in like a silent mode. Mm -hmm. And so we really have to listen and see what he says. And sometimes he says it and you're just like, no, you're going to fight him on it. And like, I think this is a good wrestling time with them to actually find out like what's going on in in you to like release. That's the word. You did it again, man. Just (laughs) so casual, just slipping, trying to punch in the face, real slick. Just like what? Whoa! What just happened? Whoa, Mike! Whoa! Okay. Okay. That too. So, yeah, it's just it's one of those things where I find I always challenge God. And I always try to um, face him head on with it, like, like butt heads. And ultimately it's his will for my life. Unfortunately, as, as much as I want control and sometimes you don't but have do it. you do. I know we want, control, yeah. do we we want control and sometimes you don't have it at all. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I just find like when you're just talking to him daily in this silence, uh-huh. isolation mode it's he kind of reveals like like why what's going on inside of you even though like sometimes you don't like them you know yeah. sometimes you don't want to be near them sometimes you're running away or you kind of like just throw something in your head or a whisper or something yeah. that trigger you and kind of go yeah we need to deal with this <laughs> yeah i find that that's happening a lot in this season for a lot of people where it's yeah. like we're just getting confronted with some of our stuff, our junk, our crap, or whatever. Um, yeah. 
And I think what you said was really wise because when there are these spaces, so for those that are listening to this, like we are, this is basically June 2nd and, um, you know, some places are coming out of the isolation, some aren't. And just culturally speaking, it's a very interesting day. There's a lot of tension. Um, But like whenever you're listening to this in the future or whoever is listening to this in the future, uh, just know whenever you have that space to sort of breathe and listen, like God is most likely trying to get your attention, you know, regarding some stuff that he wants to tell you. And he's a good father, you know, it's like in the end, he's not out to like shame you. He's like, he knows what you go through um, or what your vice is or your burden, like, or what you're dealing with because he made you right. He knows what like your crutches and that's why Jesus kind of came for those, those things, right? Like, and unfortunately he's willing to work with you as much as you want to work with him, but he's also willing to meet you at your end too. Like as much as you want to run away in this time or do whatever, he's Mm -hmm. still going to meet you in your downward spiral and meet you there at the hole. Right. Like, yeah, he's he's not going to leave you, you know, no, he's good like that. Yeah. So I had, I wanted this conversation just to be a little bit like, cause I was like, you're my only guest that I'm doing like another conversation with from season one. You know, okay. you were the one that got yeah. picked out, of all, <laughs> out of all the conversations and I wanted to make it actually really special for you. And um, so I have a surprise for you oh, that wow. I'm bringing <laughs> into this uh, conversation. So let's see if I can yeah. uh, do this correctly. Okay. So I think you might know this person. Um, I'm not quite sure, but um, we'll, we'll see. Um, what I was really fascinated with about your story, and yeah. especially when I was just kind of listening, you know, more and more mm-hmm. uh, to like how the Lord really arrested you and like got you was, yeah. you know, these different people that walked alongside you and just kind of helped lead you to the Lord and just kind of were with you in the beginning portions of that. And so, um, hopefully, uh, this works, this surprise works for you because I wanted to have you. Good. How are you, Jordan? Good. Wow. What a, (laughs) what a killer moment. It worked. Jordan, wow, yeah. <laughs> I was so nervous. I literally had nightmares, guys, about this last night that this would not work out. No way. <laughs> awesome. Welcome, Jordan. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Uh, Mike, do you know this person? Absolutely. <laughs> this is the guy. This is my captain. You know? so. <laughs> okay, so tell us, uh, Mike, how, how did you meet this person that just hopped into this? Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Haywood, I met Haywood in Merrimack, um, in like near Boston. Um, we were playing hockey together, uh, D one college in hockey East and, uh, yeah, things, he was my captain at the time. Uh, things weren't going well with my situation. You know, I just lost like five friends at the time and other things have been arising in my heart and, and it was just a downward spiral for, for me playing, uh, I wasn't seeing the ice time, uh, the whole year and nothing I could do went, went right <laughs> through the coach's eyes. And so I just kind of gave up on life and hit a downward spiral with drinking and, and, and women and stuff like that. And, and then hate, like Jordan was the only one that like pretty much kind of stuck by my side once once in a while and he'd, he'd offer these Bible studies through Athletes in Action and through Darren. And uh, and so, like, I just kept going even though I was, like, ready to just off myself and just commit suicide because I couldn't deal with the pain. And and then one drunken night I was at the, at the Bible study and it was like Jordan said, he, he said to me, like, God has made everything you love. And it just like a light bulb went off. And so I wanted to see if this was the, to pursue this a bit more. And so he, he showed me um, his church and kind of brought me alongside him. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, Jordan, so. I want to hear your side of the story. Um, 
and just thank you for the support this. Like Jordan was super excited. I yeah. totally did some weird private investigator. Yeah. <laughs> that was some <laughs> research, right? Yeah. We're all yeah. not research. Yeah. But uh, Jordan, can you kind of give us this picture from your perspective? What was going on in your life? Would love to get a little backstory because we know that you are a hockey player. Um, yeah. But, and then also how you converged with this guy. Right. Yeah. So I was a one year ahead of Mike at Merrimack. So I was, I was a freshman. He came in for a fly down uh, and he, I can't remember if he stayed with me or if he stayed with uh, one of the other guys, the first year hockey guys. So that was the first time I got to know Mike and uh, like fly downs. I think you're on campus for under 48 hours. So it's like really fast, you know, you for Mike or for whoever's on the fly down, you just get to meet everyone, see the campus. And so it was like a whirlwind kind of thing. Um, so he ended up coming obviously, and I got to know him the next year a little bit. Um, I had a, a rigorous, uh, degree that I was taking. So it was, you know, I feel like Mike makes it sound like I was there so much for him. Uh, and honestly, I feel like I really did nothing, you know, um, I feel like I just kind of facilitated some things. Uh, like I was working with a uh, guy, Darren, who works for Athletes in Action. Um, and we, we kind of brought Athletes in Action to the campus. And it was uh, through that that um, I was running Bible studies for some other male athletes um, that Mike was invited to. And uh, there's a couple of kids uh, or students on campus who were going to church. And um, so I don't, I don't really feel like I did anything extraordinary um, for Mike at all, you know, and it, I think God just like the timing was perfect. You know, Mike was in a tough spot and those are two things that were there. And obviously the Holy spirit was just speaking to him and, and drawing him to that. And yeah. it's funny hearing him talk about, uh, like showing up to Bible study drunk and that's not funny, but yeah. like, I had no idea, you know, I, I had no idea what was going on in his yeah. life. And, yeah. um, I think you'd lost your roommate one time. Yeah. Uh, that first year. And we went bowling and we chatted a little bit. And like, yeah, he, I remember you like talking about a few of the things that were happening in your life. And I was just like, what is going Like, how is this real? Like, you, yeah, exactly. You, said you lost all these other friends. I'm like, exactly. Is this just doesn't seem possible that all this stuff is happening at once? And, yeah. Um, so I felt like there was just moments where I just got a snapshot of like what was happening in Mike's life. And the rest of the time, um, I think I was just kind of too busy to, to really like, uh, have the adequate time to like dive into what was going on in his life. But I mean, it's, and, and his comment about me saying God made everything he loves. Like, I don't remember that at all, you know? <laughs> Um, I think it's just like, that's how God works, right? He just seriously, Jordan, this is how God works because I, you know, I was a youth pastor for um, about eight years and like I, the one thing that the Lord asked me to do, cause I felt so unqualified and I was just kind of like just doing a lot of things. And the Lord simply said to my heart, basically, all I'm asking you to do is be there, mm-hmm. just to be there to be present. Just right. be there. I don't need to do a light show. I don't need you to play like silly games every time. I just need you to be there, be present. And I'll, and basically Holy Spirit will do the rest. Right. And so I feel like with your story, Jordan, like that kind of, to me, lines up with the Lord's MO. You know, yeah. it's like he kind of positions us, but he was already preparing Mike's heart. But sure. you, like, even though you were on your grind and you were doing like a ton of other things, you were still like pliable and yielded to the Lord. Like mm-hmm. he, the Lord was just like, good, I can use Jordan. Just do it. Just right. Say hi to this kid. Just, you know, (laughs) and and you had no idea. Like, I forget half the things I tell people. I mean, unless it's recorded, (laughs) like, I honestly, they'll be like that one thing, you know, isn't that funny though? It's like the one thing that impacts someone's life. And it wasn't even coming from like a prideful place. It was coming from the spirit of God. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you can't even, you can't even claim it. Like, you can't even be like, I did this great thing, you know, for Mike, but, but, and, but still you were totally used in this. And Anytime I would listen, and I share this, I think, with you too, Jordan, um, like over uh, email or something, um, mm-hmm. 
that like in almost every interview that I've seen Mike on and your boy has been on like the 700 club. Yeah. Like, I hope you know, like he out yeah, here for, for first television. Okay. Like he out here. I don't even know how I got him for this, honestly. <laughs> but like in every interview, he mentions you either by name or just by saying like my captain, yeah. like mm-hmm. you literally in every of these interviews. And I was like, who? And then in our interview, Mike, you happened to say his name. That was yeah. the only reason yeah, even had a trail, and I was like, "Huh, let me yeah. see if I can." I love a challenge. Let yeah. me see if I can find yeah. Jordan. And so, so how do you track it down? Um, oh, that's easy. Number one, yeah. I'm a so that's like you guys, <laughs> please. Like yeah. Amateur this is child's play, guys. <laughs> we have Instagram and Facebook. Child's play. This yeah, is fair enough. Um, but my question for you, Jordan, um, like. What was your, your faith background? Like, how did you even come to Jesus, come to faith? Um, and then how did you incorporate that? I mean, I know you're saying you're kind of on the peripheral with, mm-hmm. um, is it athletes in action? Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Like, how did you, what was sort of a bit of your journey? So I grew up uh, in a Christian home. Um, <clears throat> and growing, I think the best way I can describe my understanding of Christianity was that pastors were perfect because they knew it all. Mm. And so I think for so much of my life, I just thought it was behavior. You just have to live the right way. Um, you had to do the right things, say the right things. And that's how you made God happy. Um, and so that was how I lived most of my life spiritually. It was just tried to be a good person. Um, and then on the side, not on the side, but then I was also like, very into sports, specifically hockey, um, was really devoted to that. And, and really like that was my functional God for most of my life. Uh, (laughs) and yeah, classic. Um, so I had, uh, kind of a medical scare, I guess when I was 19, um, and I had a blood clot in my leg that went to my lungs and I ended up, uh, missing the rest of the season. And it, and it felt like that God used that to open my eyes and just um, show me that I was just living for myself and trying to do my own things. Um, and then uh, I went back to play in my last year as junior and I got the scholarship to Merrimack. Uh, about two months before I was going there, I had another blood clot and I thought that that oh. was going to be the end of my career. Um, and that summer I had started going to a, a, a different church and they just, preached the gospel in a way and God just opened my eyes and my ears in a way that I hadn't happened before and actually began to understand theology and, and what I believed and um, just the gospel, right. And, and what Jesus does for us or what Jesus did for us on the cross and what having the Holy spirit in us means and, and all these kinds of things. And it felt like um, I actually intellectually comprehended what mm-hmm. I said I believed more than Jesus died on the cross for my sins sure. and I'm going to heaven, you know? And like up sure. to that point, that's what it was though that and be a good person and do the right thing. So, uh, then when I was 20, it was just like God opened my eyes and just began to, um, over the last 11 years, just show me, um, how much I need Christ and how, uh, yeah, just what the gospel means and what having the Holy spirit means for, um, like changing my heart from the inside out and that it's, um, I think that's like kind of been the, the trajectory over the last few years is like an inward inside out transformation so that it's like God changes my heart and then, um, my motivations change and my behavior changes and, and all those things kind of follow suit. Um, so when I was at Merrimack, I was still in the, the early stages of like, feeling like I was actually a Christian. Um, but through my sister, uh, she was also involved in Athletes in Action on the campus in okay. Regina, uh, or the, the city that I live in in Canada. Um, and, you know, it was, it was actually through another guy. He had gone on a, a mission trip, a hockey mission trip to Russia, and he met Darren, this guy that Mike and I both know who works at Athletes in Action. Okay. Um, and then I was going to Boston and I just kind of got connected through him and we started meeting. Um, he had just returned from living in Russia and he was just starting ministry in the Boston area. And 
he wasn't even planning on being on the campus and I messaged him out of the blue and we met and just hit it off. I, I don't know if hit it off is the right word, but like we connected and he was like, okay, this guy's for real. Like he actually wants to um, start something on his campus. Cause to that point there was nothing on our campus. It was uh, an Augustinian Catholic campus. That was the influence. So um, there wasn't anything that was like uh, kind of Protestant Christianity. Um, so over the next, so that was my first year. And then over the next four years, uh, we just, uh, God just kind of opened doors for us to start Bible studies for guys and for girls. Yeah. Um, we had prayer times. Um, and here we are 11 years later and, and Darren is still on the eleven uh, years. campus. Yeah. Yeah. It's 11 years, uh, since I first went to Merrimack. So, um, yeah, it's just cool. So I get his ministry updates and it's cool to hear about, um, there's actually kind of been like a mini revival happening at Merrimack over the last yes, probably year and a half where there's been, I think he said there was like 30 students who came to Christ in what? like a matter of a couple months. Like it was just, wow. yeah, I've just been working on it. So it's, uh, it's just cool to look back and I mean, I had no idea what, that any of this was going to happen or what right. God was up to. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Rarely do we ever. Yeah. We don't have yeah, yeah, okay. the full picture anyway. Wow. I mean, there's so many questions I have for you guys, but we only have a few minutes left and yeah. I'm kind of bummed about it. But um, I, I want to know, Mike, what, what do you appreciate or what, especially in that season, did you appreciate about Jordan? Um, and then Jordan, I'm going to ask you the same question about Mike. What do you appreciate then and now about Mike? I think his, his, his valor of just being there and sh- being like a pillar, even though he walked a different path than everyone else on the hockey team. And you could see that, um, you know, most guys were in that like college lifestyle and Jordan was just so focused on like his studies, but also just being like, like a true warrior for Christ and how he could do that. And so I saw that and I've always walked a different path in my life and I could, I could, can just, he didn't even have to say anything. He just, he just showed me by example. So it was like, let's try to yeah. figure out what he's doing and maybe life will be better. Right. So he made an impact in my life that for sure that way. Wow. Because in that's, that's he just all he had to do was be there, and he just showed me a couple times like his church and and the drives that we'd have, and we just talked like normal human beings. And I don't think I ever got that, and on on my team, like it was our team was very maybe I was the outcast. I just never I could never socialize with anyone because being the artist, <laughs> they were like, they shunned me out. I felt like, and it was, it was hard to kind of connect with anyone there. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jordan? Uh, one thing I definitely appreciate Mike is just how different he is from me. And <laughs> like, I just hear how he describes things and it's, he just describes them in a way that I would never think to describe something. You know, he's just a very like, visual person um and you hear him describe something about like one of the paintings he made and like he just talks about things that i would never you know i'm i'm more of a a black and white kind of person and so the uh the creative arts isn't something i've delved into too much and so it's it's just like i enjoy listening to him talk because it like Mm -hmm. helps me to understand something that i feel um so uncomfortable in you know yeah. Like I look at a painting and I, I just see the painting, you know, like I don't see the strokes or I don't know the, the different layers or the shapes or the shading or all that kind of stuff. Like, I just don't understand that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate like hearing him talk about that. And then I also appreciate him just hearing him talk about his faith. And, you know, so we had that, uh, it was about two years where we were at school together yeah. and then he transferred to a new school um, and it was almost like our past just split yeah. and there's just been like a couple times over the last, uh, 10 years where I feel like I've just kind of dropped into his life or like we've shared a few messages or he, something was going on and 
like whether it was just messages or like a quick chat and just kind of got those little like snapshots of like Mike in this year and then this year and then this yeah. year and, and then now again today is another snapshot and yeah. just seeing the growth over those years um, and just hearing him talk about his faith and uh, yeah, just the the struggles and the honesty with which he shares the struggles. It's just like yeah. amazing to hear. So yeah. Yeah, before you got on this uh, conversation, Jordan, I was uh, actually commenting on that same thing about his him being really raw and honest and yeah. being open about his process. Uh, Jordan, because you caught some of the other interview that I did with him before. Yeah, that, right? yeah I yeah. caught the first one, yeah. I made yeah. Jordan do some homework. Just kidding. No, Jordan okay. did that on his own. <laughs> he did that all, right. all on his own. Um, all right. And so he, he was awesome. up to speed on like what we've already been talking about. But yeah, what well, I was sort of you know, I was praying about this conversation, um, you know, off and on for the last couple of weeks. And, and one of the themes that came, came up to my heart was, you know, for many Christians, for many people of faith, it's an awkward thing to share faith. For sure. And they don't know how to, what to say, or they're going to be offensive, much kind of like how the, the, the temperature of the culture is right now in yeah. terms of race relations. People don't, if I'm white, I can't say anything. If I'm black, I'm saying too, you know, but I feel mm-hmm. like, um, there's a way, number one, inviting the Lord into the process and, and, um, and having his heart. So number one, that's kind of like, you know, search my heart, oh Lord, you know, deal with me first. But like, what is sort of an encouragement? And so Mike, you're sort of the recipient of some of this and, um, and you also give it, but Jordan, you were in this particular story, in this story of the Mike and Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> the one-two punch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really fascinated with how, it was like this very low key discipleship thing that happened and this sharing of your faith that happened in a very organic way. And so I, you know, my, my main audience is believers, but I have dear friends that are not believers that just love listening to these conversations because they feel life, you know, when they are hearing these conversations, when I talk to other Christians, other Jesus lovers, Um, but for, for my other, for our other, like our other Christian brothers and sisters, how would you just, you guys take just a couple minutes to, how would you encourage them? on how to connect with someone who's not like them, who doesn't believe like them. Um, what was something that might help us um, in our different fields? You know, I work in the entertainment industry. Somebody might be a teacher or they might be working at, you know, a retail place or fast food or whatever, but where, what's some, I don't know, some encouragement or some advice or wisdom that you can give us. Um, Jordan, we'll start with you. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I think you just have to be there. Yeah. And, and that's, that's probably like one of my weaknesses as a person is just like being there relationally. And like, I can be so, um, uh, like process or outcome driven that I'm just like trying to get stuff done and, uh, people just fall by the wayside. You know, they don't, they don't fit into that schedule when it's just like accomplishing something and a box you check. Um, so that's just like a, a personal weakness that I've, that I got just like revealed over and over to me is that I just have to like slow down and um, yeah, just be there for people and, and make space to have relationships because you know, that's, if you look at Jesus time on earth, like that's what he did. Right. I mean, like he lived with his disciples for um, three years and like got to know those guys so well. And I mean, even some of the interactions that he had, um, just like the powerful ones in, in the Bible, like he just took the time to speak to somebody who, uh, who needed it and, and just like love them where they're at. And so yeah. personally, that's, uh, I, maybe that's not advice, but like that's advice to myself. Oh, it's like, yeah, yeah. Be there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Captain. Um, that is yeah. legit uh, because what you said makes space for people. Are you kidding me? Wisdom nuggets. Mm-hmm. I'm hashtagging that mess after right. this. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> Mike, what about you? What is something that's encouraging if you're, yeah, anything on your heart? I, I would, I would agree. Like you don't have to say anything. You just have to be there and listen. And I think most people don't understand. They always want to give advice when sometimes that person that's in need, it just needs to blurt out and you just need to listen and kind of go, yeah, well, I got this really good friend named Jesus, you know, maybe, yeah, if you yeah. want to 
follow down this path. And it, and I think because people are so afraid of being so raw in this world. And I, I wish I, I want to be the courageous one to actually start it and just kind of be so raw that people kind of un, like go, Oh wow, maybe I can share my, what I've gone through too. And it actually lets go of some of their past or some of their burdens mm. and we can all be in this together and let go of each thing. Like, I, I, I think with some Christian people, they're just afraid to even start. So, and sometimes they think, oh, the insecurity or the anxiety hits them. And you just have to have the courage to just be like, no, like, you know, this is what I went through. Um, what's your story? Love to hear it. Love for you to share. And then you can build relationships right that and connect. Like that's how it kind of starts. So. That's incredible. What I'm hearing hearing from you, Mike, is like really the the courage to be vulnerable, like vulnerability. That's kind of like the two, like making space for people and choosing to be vulnerable. And I love that like these wisdom nuggets came from two men, which I think is actually really unique (laughs) that you both would say that because sometimes I think uh, your gender gets kind of lumped into like you're not emotion, you you don't have emotions or blah, blah, blah. You're just... Yeah. to get a task done and yeah. I, I don't think that's really true I mean you you feel you you need relationships just like women need relationships um and yeah I just think what you both shared is actually so vital uh for the body um yeah. making space actual space for people um and what I found is love is often inconvenient so meaning it does not fit on your timeline yeah. when someone needs you it will most likely be in the middle of dinner you know like stuff yeah. like that and yeah. like what will you do and then i love that mike of just choosing to be real and raw um mm-hmm. you know first or sharing your story and like you said inviting someone saying like hey but what's your story like giving them space to share right. and i always like to tell people too it's like you know if there's something you're uncomfortable with answering we don't have to go there but just know that i want to know i care enough that i want to actually know Right. So, um, well, you guys, there, we, we almost got, we kind of got a little deep there. I can feel yeah. like, Ooh, <laughs> no worries. Go Sorry yeah. to go deep. Okay. I'm gonna bring it up. I'm gonna bring it up, uh, real quick. Cause we're about to, uh, wrap this conversation up. Um, Jordan, uh, some other time I'd love to sit down with you and learn more about your journey and your, uh, connection with like athletes in action or just, I mean, I'm going to leave show note links. I think I said that right um, <laughs> on my page. And so I'll probably just reach out to you guys just to get the links for those organizations. Cause I think sure. they sound phenomenal and yeah. oddly enough, and this is not a lie just because you both are on this in this conversation, but I uh, probably about before the quarantine or the isolation period started, I was watching a whole bunch of um, Christian athlete YouTube videos randomly. Mm-hmm. And I realized that a lot of them were athlete in action like video I was like super random so the fact that that's you guys are mentioning that yeah <laughs> it's very weird to me like it's one of those like holy spirit what what does that even mean yeah. um but I feel like I need to share that with other people especially my other dudes that are athletes and my other uh lady friends that are athletes as well to know that there's a resource um okay so I still ask everyone at the end of these conversations what is on their playlist because this is called Patrice's playlist and I love music. And so, um, I'm gonna start with you, Mike, cause you, I'm gonna give Jordan some time to think about the three songs that are currently, you can even look at your phone if you need to. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the three songs and literally the, the three folks that you told me last time, Mike, I went, I told you, I went back and it was like Foy Vance, um, yeah. Grey's and Descartes gardens like blew up after we talked about it. I mean, it was already big. Right? It was just like, yeah, huge. Um, and then the homie from, like, it was like Sons of Anarchy soundtrack. I wasn't feeling him as much, but Foy Vance is like my dude. So I was yeah, like, Foy Vance is, Foy Vance so is, go ahead and give me three, three more. And then All right. All right. Uh, I've got Ben Howard. Um, it's Depth Over Distance, it's called. Really good. Okay. Uh, it's like kind of folksy. He's big over in Europe, like the UK. Um, like doing like small bands, like or small like little venues like that. Okay. Uh, Dermot Kennedy, good Irish singer. Okay. Yeah, he his stuff is uh, is unreal. One of his best songs, I think, is "Moments Past." It's very lyrical. 
And I actually been listening to. Look at you! You were ready. You were ready for this. Like holy smokes! (laughs) I've been actually listening to. um, I actually have a buddy. Let's just get this right. So Skylar Zane. So he's a Christian rapper, um, but he actually tells about like his story. Okay. Um, what he's went through kind of like NF. Um, I don't know if you've heard of NF, the Christian rapper, that, that guy. No, you're teaching things. I love it. NF's huge, uh, here, but Skylar Zane, yeah, his, his singles like called upside down. It it goes through like his abuse with his father and stuff. And it's very raw. So yeah, big shout out for him. And he's a, he's a, brother in Christ. So. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, Jordan, you're up. What is right. on your playlist? Uh, probably not as exciting. Um, <laughs> I feel like over the last year, I just can't get enough of George Ezra. Like, how do you not know? Yeah. <laughs> George Ezra. That's George good. Ezra, yeah. yeah. Um, he's, I think he's, I don't know if he's Scottish. Yeah. Or he's English. I can't remember. Okay. But, Anyway, so he just has this like really deep voice, um, and he just, you just like when he starts singing, I just don't want to stop, kind of thing. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna check out George Ezra. I, yeah. I, the name sounds really familiar to me, but yeah, he's had a few like top forty hits. So oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the other one that I've also been listening to a lot lately is the the last Mumford Mumford and Sons album, Delta. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably my top Solid, solid yeah. choice, dude. Solid yeah. choice. Yeah. Well, um, man, is there anything else that you guys want to share before I completely close this out? No, uh, just, just thanks for connecting us. It was an yeah, uh, awesome yeah. conversation. Nice to reconnect with Mike again. And yeah, same to you. Just add <laughs> a little snapshot. Thank you, to, you, uh, <laughs> yeah, I miss you too. Favorite thing to do, surprises for people that actually work. I literally had a nightmare that this was horribly wrong. So I'm glad this is like actually legit. But, um, you know, I, I just feel like, like, Jordan, if you wouldn't mind, if you're not comfortable with this, you totally do not have to do this. But I'd love for you to actually close this in prayer. Um, sure. I just pray for anyone that, um, you know, comes across this podcast randomly or this, this video on YouTube randomly. Um, I just want them to get an opportunity to get blessed and whatever else is on your heart just to pray. Sure. All right, cool. All right, let's pray. Here we come before you and uh, we're just, I just thank you for how big and powerful you are. God, we just thank you for how you are working um, in so many lives uh, simultaneously and in this moment, but also uh, in every moment um, throughout history. And um, yeah, God, just thank you for how your spirit's at work. And um, I just pray blessings over anyone who listens to this podcast. Um, for those who know Christ, I pray that uh, their eyes and ears would be um, just open to hearing what you're speaking to them, um, that uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ would just be proclaimed loudly and clearly. And um, just that uh, nothing about us would be um, exceptional or, or extraordinary other than um, what Christ has done in us. And, uh, God, for those uh, who don't know you, Lord, just please open their eyes and ears. Um, may they be receptive to the gospel. Um, may they see their sin and, and respond uh, in repentance and, and in turning to Christ Jesus. And um, yeah, God, we just proclaim um, just Jesus' name as the greatest name. Um, just help us in this time of isolation and uncertainty and, and all the, the crazy stuff that's happening. Um, but God, we thank you that you know the beginning date and the end date of this. Um, and you know that everything in between from the beginning to the end. So we just keep our eyes on you. Help us keep our eyes on you because uh, we need help. Pray this in Jesus' powerful name. You guys, I still can't believe I was able to pull off this surprise successfully for Mike, but mostly big shout out to Captain Jordan Haywood. And I know that you're not an official hockey captain anymore, but it just feels right to still call you captain. 
So thank you, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. For those of you that want to see and check out Mike's artwork online, the best place or one of the best places to see his artwork is on Instagram and you can find him at Michael Wills Art. I will also leave a link to Athletes in Action, the incredible ministry and resource that the guys were talking about in this conversation. And the music playing in the background is from my incredible friend and music producer, Tanya Ilyashova. She produced this track and it's called Home and it's featuring the singer Yvonne Park. I would definitely go and download that, stream that on whatever your favorite streaming platform is. You can find it there. Well, I'm hoping that you enjoyed this conversation and the surprises therein. And I hope you had some really great takeaways as well. And just know you can always find me on Instagram at TogetherGoodCo. Meanwhile, I will be with you guys on the next episode of Patrice's Playlist. Until then, I hope you have an incredible day or night and an incredible week as well. I'll talk to you guys soon.